0: what up everybody i'm going to initiate a call to action for everyone to donate a dollar 99 so that you can access the back catalog of the podcast as well as to help your podcast grow i'm trying to grow the podcast and i want to do that with you guys and make it better and brighter and bring you more information so if you want to access the back catalog and help support me as an artist i appreciate you and please donate at anchor.fm underneath Lockdown Universe. Thanks so much, and enjoy the show. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, Some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO, legend, and paranormal lore. Welcome back, welcome back, happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing well and taking care of yourselves. How was your holiday? Was it awesome? Was it everything you expected? Did you get all the presents that you wanted? Uh, Did you have a happy New Year? Did you go out and celebrate it? Well, I didn't. I stayed inside. But (laughs) hope you guys uh, had, you know, maybe got to go out. I, I got to hang with family and you know, go to bed early. Um, I think I, yeah, I think I went to bed before midnight actually. But anyway, so. I'm back. I'm happy to be back. It's been a little while. Uh, I've had a lot of stuff, you know, the holidays and stuff like that going on, so I apologize for being gone a little bit, but we're back, and we're going to make some brand new spanking episodes, and they're going to be fun, and I got a good one today, so I'm glad you guys tuned in. So let me pull up my notes here. It just got done with work, and I wanted to bring up um, this amazing story that I had playing in the background, which I thought was really, really interesting, and Uh, Took some notes, and I want to see what you guys think about it. So on this podcast, we talk about a lot of alien stuff, a lot of paranormal stuff, even near-death experience stuff. Um, You know, I kind of run a wide range, but generally I like to stick to paranormal, alien, uh, conspiracies, uh, near-death experience stories, because it kind of, I feel like it all connects. What's really interesting is, here on Earth, we don't know a lot about our history. And in this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Antarctica base that has stasis chambers. And the base is the size of a football field with stasis chambers all throughout the size of this football field. So imagine like an 80,000 seat stadium, but instead of seats, they're all stasis pods. Now, this has this. Base has been around for millennia, many millennia before we probably even walked on the Earth surface. Right, we were probably some fish developing out of the sea, developing into the primates, and then developing into Neanderthals. And all the while, this thing is being created uh, or was around. Now, where did I get this info? So let's start at the beginning. So Randy Kramer, uh, part of the uh, Seeker Space Program, um, is a Marine in the Seeker Space Program, has talked about this and talks about how this base was found during, um, a digging exploration, and, uh, we also utilized, um, some alien scientists, uh, alien scientists, not human scientists, alien scientists that helped us develop our flight capabilities, um, and go up there and check this thing out. So, what's interesting is a lot of it. Okay, I'm personally fascinated by the fact that they were able to find a base up there. I'm fascinated by by structural uh, information about bases, structural information about spacecraft, um, societies, how they develop, how societies interact together extraterrestrially, uh, exopolitically. And it seems like this base and all these stasis pods were created for um, possibly an intergalactic uh, commerce location. So these stasis pods would allow uh, for environmental, um, an environment to create an environment for those individuals that were staying at the base conducting experiments or conducting business and then allowing them to return. So these stasis pods were basically kind of like, kind of like imagine like an 80,000 room hotel. That's kind of what this base really was. They had um, the capability to run scientific experiments, but also conduct business commerce and, and then, you know, run any other kind of experiments they wanted to as well. Maybe even while they were doing the commerce, maybe they'd buy some things, utilize them in an experiment and stay there for a few months or maybe even up to a few years. We don't know. Um, but what we do know is what is still there. So what is still there? According to Randy Kramer, these stasis pods, uh, have different sizes. So, you know, at first I thought, okay, what kind of sizes do they have? Well, they have sizes from three feet all the way up to 30 feet. So at first I was like, well, maybe they're going to put like, I don't know, maybe, Maybe it was an ancient civilization that created these so that they could keep the species of the world intact, right? Like Noah's Ark, for example, where they could put a giraffe in there, 30-foot-tall giraffe in there, and they could put a human in there, and maybe the three-foot-tall ones they could put like smaller primates or smaller animals in. But what's interesting to me is that each of these pods could be specifically uh, calibrated for different uh, environments, different different oxygen levels, different um, delivery systems for life support. So, you know, here on Earth, as long as you're here on Earth, you can live in, on Earth. But why would you need different life support if you weren't from another planet? So they were able to um, change, change the systems so that uh, they could benefit any species that came to visit Earth. So, we have a collective galactic operation base that was here on Earth. Not being used anymore as there's nobody there. Uh, Well, at least no living members there. Or I should say, no animated people there, uh, or beings there. Now you might say, well, how do you know? How do you know that that these stasis pods were for aliens? Here's where it gets good. These stasis pods had non-moving aliens in them. They were in stasis. So imagine 80,000 aliens in stasis in these pods. Why were they in stasis all this time? It makes you wonder. Now, here's where it gets even better. Because it doesn't make sense, right? If Because it seems as though Earth has been habitable for quite some time. But if you remember back to the dinosaurs and them being taken out, and information from the Secret Space Program and other whistleblowers stating the fact that this was a war that, that initiate in one side, one species, um, the reptilians initiated an explosion that took out all life on the surface of the planet life in the oceans could still survive but what about if you're in a mountain and you can't breathe the atmosphere and you don't know how long it's going to take for you to be able to breathe that atmosphere so you jump in these stasis pods when your your uh, sensors go off and and you realize that there's some sort of weapon that's going to be initiated And execute it so that it's going to wipe out your capability to possibly live. You're going to jump in these stasis pods. And you may set it for 3,000 years. You may set it for 30,000 years. You may set it for 2 million years. Who knows? But one theory that persists could be that they were around during the time of the dinosaurs and they jumped in these stasis pods and hit the button and maybe it was set for 200 million years. So they could survive a potentially, you know, long, long, extended period of time where they don't know exactly how long it would take for the planet to regrow grass, regrow its oxygen, regrow its atmosphere if they came down to that. So it makes sense. So they jumped in these, they could have, they could have jumped in at that time period. Just a theory. Now that's my personal theory. What is he what, what did Randy Kramer say? Well you know he says that you know they 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 didn't know they didn't know they didn't have any information um, on how long they were supposed to be in these pods for um, but they did find extra technology there. They found operational jump gates that they were able to send drones through the government secret space program. But when they sent drones through these jump gates, these drones never returned. They were never able to get them back. Did they have cameras on those drones when they sent them through? I don't know. I don't have that information. Randy didn't share it. But if they did, that would have been kind of like Stargate, right? Sending sending a drone through, being able to see it, being able to send some sort of signal back through the gate. Which seems, you know if you think about physics, almost physically impossible. Um, but again, maybe they had different technology. So nonetheless, these drones did not come back through the government decided that this was more of a threat than it was a benefit since those drones weren't able to be retrieved. Usually there's a reason why they're not being able to be retrieved. And so they shut down those jump gates there. How did they shut down those jump gates? Couldn't say for sure. But if it was like a Stargate, well, you could just smash them down. Or if it, if if you fill it up, right, kind of like the Stargate, you fill up the area around the gate all the way up to the top. Nobody can really jump through because they're going to jump into a pile of rocks, right? And they're not going to be able to even get it get through. So, um, so that's that's another piece of tech that they found. Um, but they believe that this location was an, an actual spaceport. And a commerce site, as well as a scientific laboratory, um, that could hold you know up to 80,000 folks. I mean, that's a lot of people, a football stadium sized uh, amount of base to be had, um, and that's just for the stasis pods, that doesn't include the rest of the base. So, can you imagine? Think about this for a moment, think about like a hospital for a moment, right? Okay, let's say. You have, you have a break room, right, Where, or in, or maybe even a crash room for when the weather gets bad, the doctors, nurses, and techs can all sleep over at the hospital. This is pretty common at most hospitals. But then you have all the patients, you have all the labs, you have all the rooms, Those are, those still need to be open. So I'm thinking that this stasis area would have been more of like the crash pad for the individuals that were staying there, and that the base itself was even larger. That it would have the laboratories that would be fairly large. It would have the aircraft landing spaceport locations that would be pretty darn large. And they would have to have many, many of these. Because the different sizes of these stasis pods were from 3 feet up to 30 feet, and there was many in between. Randy Kramer states that there were up to at least three dozen. For those that aren't that great at math, that's 36 different types of alien species that were there and visiting and staying in these stasis pods in this base in Antarctica, which happens to be on our planet. But yet we don't get that information because we can't be trusted with it, apparently. Do you sense a little bit of bitterness? A little bit. So, that being said, I would love to see this base, wouldn't you? According to Randy Kramer, one of the generals who was in control of this base and in charge of of the operations in this base, took some of the government folk that were not familiar with these projects, not familiar with, you know, aliens at all, um, and didn't get a full declassification, didn't didn't get a briefing, um, they just didn't get a lot of information and he brought them on, you know, kind of like what Richard Nixon did with Jackie Gleason, brought him down and, and showed them, you know, Wright Patterson, these, uh, these aliens from the crash ship at Roswell. So this general brings these folks in. Now, Randy Kramer states that if you're not briefed, if you're not trained, if you're not, um, given consultation on how to mentally handle the, information you're about to receive, especially at a base that has 36 different species, there's a high rate of mental breakdown, of just full emotional breakdown, because what happens is is that you're breaking down your belief system. Your belief system becomes completely shattered. Even if these people were excited to see these aliens and believed in them, maybe half of them didn't, half of them didn't. Even the people that do believe still have this, this breakdown, They, they have this either an aha moment or a, uh, or a confirmation, uh, emotional, you know, breakdown, but nonetheless, he said, there's a high level of breakdown. If you are not fully briefed, fully consulted, fully emotionally trained to handle this and, and trained in the coping mechanisms and how to, how to manage your, uh, your mentality when you're witnessing this, it's almost like you have to like reframe your mind to, to kind of give yourself a little bit of a barrier to the shock that your system might have, not just your mind, but your body is not always in conjunction with your mind. And so it becomes this battle between your rational thought and your irrational, um, uncontrollable, uh, symptomologies that you have in your body your heart rate will increase you may sweat you may faint you may uh you may have a breakdown of, of thought processes because your brain just can't handle the information that's given even though these things are in stasis in in, in inanimate these people were still having uh, massive amounts of breakdown so they get they rush these people out of there this general lost his job or was demoted or moved out and uh, I, I think that that's one of the more, you know, fascinating pieces to um, this puzzle. And I think maybe it's 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 a good part of the puzzle, uh, or at least a, a, an important part of the puzzle, because when we talk about being bitter sometimes or being upset that the government hasn't told us about all the truths of aliens and and we wonder why and we think we can handle it. And then these events happen where they bring folks in and they're, in, and they believe that they, they can handle it, and they can't. And, and the government says, okay, well, on a large scale, imagine what would happen if just these 50 people or whatever it was came in and, and you know, 80%, 90% of them all had breakdowns, and a couple of them were able to handle it. Who knows if those few people that could handle it went home and didn't have a breakdown or, you know, end up, you know, taking themselves out, you know, because they couldn't handle it mentally. That can happen later on. PTSD doesn't happen overnight, always. It can happen later on down the line. Most PTSD sufferers, whether it's from war or, or from violent some violent act or whatever the case was, they find out in weird places, like the grocery store. You know, happened to me. Happened to a military friend of mine. Uh, happened to uh, other people that I've I've worked with. Um, you know, yeah, you, you just don't know when you're going to encounter it. it. Doesn't have to be right after you get home or right after the event happens. So, in wrapping this up, what do you think about that Antarctic base? You know, it seems that there's so many stories out there that it's hard to know which one to believe. Maybe. There's multiple bases up there, and there's multiple service branches up there doing different experiments up there. Um, But this one really flabbergasted me, and I wanted to share it with you. Because (laughs) it's rare to find these, these nuggets of stories that are just so far out there, it just blows your mind. And if this story is really true, could you imagine being able to visit that place, seeing up to three dozen different alien species in perfectly preserved condition in all of these stasis pods. It's like a horror sci-fi movie where they come across these stasis pods and they hope that they don't wake up, but then they do wake up. (laughs) Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts how would you feel? How would you react? Leave a comment in the comment section on Anchor. Love to hear about it. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Hope you guys are enjoying your lives. Hopefully you guys are um, taking care of your physical health, your spiritual health, your emotional health, following through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, guys, take care. Locked on Universe out.